Hey, it's Faith, and you're listening to Not Like the Movies. Today I'm talking to Sam Valentine, who you may know as the One Broke Actress. She's been in The Orville, Are You Afraid of the Dark, Bosch, AP Bio, just to name a few. And of course, she is the One Broke Actress. If you are not following One Broke Actress on Instagram, you 100% should. She gives a bunch of great info for upcoming actors, how to live in LA, and just relatable content for when you feel bad about where your career is or you're feeling like you're the only one that's struggling with something. All of her content is super honest and super helpful so definitely go follow her on instagram also if you're interested i'm going to link it in the show notes she has a beautiful website that has all of her fun stuff she has a podcast for one broke actress as well so be sure you go and listen to that sam's podcast is actually one of the reasons that this podcast exists so make sure you listen to her and all the lovely things she has to say if you love all the stuff she does there are also add-ons that you can get from her website most recently she's joined forces with gabrielle bin lost to create the membership which is a bi-coastal online community for actors to feel less crazy, more supported, and safe inside this insane industry. So be sure you check that out. She also has a great Patreon if you want to pay a little bit for that. This was recorded back when SAG was still in the midst of their negotiation. So when Sam talks about having a conversation with the negotiation committee, that's what she's referring to. And I have also linked that episode on her podcast that came out so that you can keep up with that as well. Sam was also generous enough to give you guys a discount, so if you like what Sam does and you're interested, she has a class called What to Do When You're Not Working, which we could all use because we all know that happens for a very long time. You can use the code FAITH100, capital F-A-I-T-H, and the number 100. You can get $100 off. I'll link that in the show notes as well. Be sure you check all of that out. Sam is such a kind human with a lot of knowledge, and I really enjoy talking with her, and I think you'll like it as well. So here she is. This is Sam Valentine. So what you think? So what you do? They don't really care about you. So have a drink and think it through. But baby, it's not like the movies. Hi. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm going to shut my window so you get some better sound here. I was about to say your eyes look great. Oh, the light. You know, putting your desk in front of a window is the best thing you can do. Hi, you have my complete attention. How's it going? <laughs> I'm good. I feel almost fangirly because I've been listening to you for so long and I'm like, wow, you're a real person. <laughs> so real. And thank you for that. That makes me feel very comfortable here. Oh, good. I'm glad. This is why I barely ever wear makeup on cameras because I'm like, what if I disappoint people when I run into them at the grocery store? <laughs> <laughs> it would never be a disappointment. But if I ran into you at a grocery store, I probably wouldn't ever say anything. It would get all in my head about like oh should I say something should I not <laughs> okay you have carte blanche just so you know faith because I love nothing I was at dinner with a group of friends once and a couple of them were out of town and some people came over and were like were you Sam Valentine and they have never let me forget it they're <laughs> like because we know you're famous I'm like you guys I fucking wish I was famous <laughs> It just makes this world so much smaller you know like it makes it yeah. so much more comfortable so like for me personally please say hi to me at Trader Joe's. Okay, great. If I see you, <laughs> I will run through the Trader Joe's. Where do you live? Know. What side of town do you live on? I live in Highland Park. So like more east oh, okay. side. I'm moving west of Fairfax for the first time in my life uh, in a December. So yeah, I would love to live like more west towards the beach. But the second you go like a mile that way, it's 500 more dollars. Yes, it is. Well, thank you for spending your time here. I know you don't have yeah. a ton of it and I super appreciate it. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk to you. Besides me listening to you and like knowing a lot about your life, <laughs> it's a weird like parasocial relationship where I'm like, oh yeah, I know Sam. I'm like, yeah, no, I, Sam doesn't know me, but I know all of this stuff about you and your life and your dog. This is great. <laughs> this means I've been doing everything right. That is exactly the point. So thank you. That is very validating. <laughs> oh, the only thing I wanted to tell you is I am putting together a podcast right now of the SAG negotiating committee and we're doing that at three. So if you could let me go at like two to five till, that would be perfect. That honestly works perfect because I have to get okay. to my day job. So ah, what's the day job? I teach kiddos theater. That's awesome. They're so small, but they have so much emotion. All the feelings. Yeah. It doesn't change on regular set though, you know? <laughs> That's honestly what makes me like look at adults and be like, you were tiny once and someone did something to you. And that's probably why you're doing this. And I need to just realize it's not about me. <laughs> 
Yep. Yep. You've officially passed adulthood, by the way. You get your degree now. <laughs> well, while listening to you, I honestly was shocked because we have a lot of weird life parallels. I grew up in the Midwest and I went to high school in Overland Park in Kansas. Very, very, very familiar. Yep. Yes. So all your Midwest stuff, I was like, yes. And when you moved here and you were like, I've never paid for parking before. I was like, same. Also on my driver's test, my parallel parking was like going to a Hy-Vee and parking diagonally. <laughs> and the Hy-Vee parking spots are so big and there's so, so much big. space there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I know it's so, my husband worked at Hy-Vee for a long time. That's funny you say that. <laughs> so like when I got here, it was just like a shell shock of I'm an adult. I'm trying to do a career that's not type A and I'm very type A. It was just everything all at once, which I feel like you experienced as well. Yes, 100%. I was wondering if you think coming from the life and a childhood that we kind of had similarly, mm -hmm. if you think that was helpful, because I do have friends here that grew up here and are like done already. They're like, I have maxed out. I'm burned out. I don't like this world. I'm done. And then some of my friends that have come from a very different walk of life who had time to, I don't know, find other skills and other people and other things and then came into it are actually the ones that are able to function in yeah. this weird thing. Do you think it helped that you came from that? Or do you think you had kind of the rose colored glasses of I'm going to move to LA and I know it doesn't work for anyone, but in two years, I'm going to be a star. Oh, well, 1000%. That is absolutely what I thought. I thought that this was, you know, everyone else struggled, but I was going to be the one who like, I nailed it on the first take. Like, I know this is going to work out for me as opposed to everyone, which is in, in a learning process, you start to learn that that is a part of growing up with a lot of privilege is just assuming things will work out for you. And that's been a hard lesson in reality that it's not entirely true and things can work out over a long term, but they're going to look different. You know, I'm so grateful for the life I've lived up until this point. I'm so grateful for, you know, all of the I have three crazy rescue dogs behind me. I have a pretty rad husband behind me who used to work at Hy-Vee. He's waving at you right now. <laughs> I also know so much about him. I'm like, I'm so weird. I know so much about both of you. <laughs> Faith is like, I know so much about him. <laughs> that, that he is not made for care. He hates this. Stuff. It makes like, I have to go. <laughs> He's like, I don't want this. And I'm like, do another podcast with me. But I, I'm so grateful because I grew up in a place where I was sheltered from all of a the ideas that were really hard to deal with. I don't know of any other way to come to LA than to just come like guns blazing, expecting the best. And I'm grateful for the delusion I came here with because I don't know if I could have done it without it. I think it propelled me forward to be like, all right, well, the next one's the thing. The next one's going to be it. This job is going to make me a bunch of money. This is going to be the thing that introduced me to the right people. And that is not necessarily entirely wrong, but it also is not entirely how it works either. And I'm grateful for that delusion. I'm so grateful. I have parents who are so supportive, so supportive, even though, even when they had no idea what I was doing, they were like, we're so excited for you to have a callback. Like they, they didn't understand, but they were like, yes. And I've learned that that is so rare in creative careers. And so I'm super, super grateful for that. And my upbringing, I had a normal childhood, so I was ready to work as soon as I could work. I was ready to do the things. Whereas when you live in a world where survival takes a main stage in your head, you mm -hmm. get a different upbringing. And I never worried about survival. I just, just everything was going to be okay. And I think that that's a lot of the big city life when kids grow up in LA or New York or something like that. There's a lot of aspects of survival and there's a lot of aspects of living in the business already. I am mm -hmm. often a little jealous that I didn't start earlier. Same. But I'm like, oh, they're already signed with Paradigm. How'd they do that? And I'm yeah, like, oh, they yeah. started when they were five. Yeah. And that's and that's the through line I'm starting to see is that the people who are super successful when they are 18, 19, 20, 25, whatever, are people who have been doing this for 20 years. And that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to keep doing it for the next 20 years. And I was given the gift of not doing it for the first 20 years of my life. So I fully intend to do it for the next 50, you know? Yeah. So if that's the case, I feel like I get more longevity then, even if it means I don't get success as early 
And that's a whole different bag of worms of dealing with the idea of aging in Hollywood. But, you know, I'm very grateful for my upbringing. And there are days where I'm like, why did I spend time in college? Why didn't I come out here and start meeting casting directors? But it is what it is. And I started when I started. And the only thing I can do is just work with what I got, you know? Yeah. I think it's super easy to play the what if game. Yes. Especially because nobody did it the same way. I feel like if we were, I don't know, like accountants or something and my higher up was like, oh, we'll just get this promotion and then you'll be me. I'd be like, okay, great. Awesome. <laughs> but yes. now it's like my one friend did it this way and somebody else did it this way. And they met this person because they did this. But if you take the same class, that doesn't mean you're going to have the same thing. No. And then it just feels like you're floundering. You don't, you're not picking the right thing ever. A hundred percent. That floundering and curiosity though, I feel like I'm sure you have stories of, oh, I'm so glad I had no idea what I was doing because I had the opportunity to learn. That's literally the whole reason I'm doing this is because yeah. I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> yes. I went to acting school. I've, you know, been on stage since I was six, but like truly I don't know what this industry is. I don't know what's going on. I am barely staying alive. <laughs> and <laughs> listening to all these people and all these podcasts and so now I was like, well, I want to ask all of these people all these questions, but I don't want them. I'm a huge people pleaser, which I'm working on. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> same. I was like, I don't want to use these people's time, but this way, all of my acting mentors and my friends in class, I can be like, hey, do you want to be on this podcast? Yes. Well, that's the workaround, right? And that's the the worst part about this business is that there are no rules. And yeah. the best part about is the business is that there are no rules. So you can decide, like it's kind of true in all of Los Angeles. I was a meal prep chef for a while because I told people I could do it. The gift of these cities is that sometimes you just say, I'm very good at this. And if you can back it up, if you can back up that skill, people will let you do it. Like I learned to bartend when I was waitressing and then I got a job because I was like, yes, I've been a bartender for years. I had not been a bartender for years. I've been a waitress who often made drinks and I just found the next like system. My thing has always been like, as I moved around a lot as a kid, I was like, what's the next thing I can learn or do or mm -hmm. like what do I need to tweak to make this work? And like, I'm into following the rules until I'm allowed to break them. Yeah. And once again, a thing of privilege, we have to note it from two yeah, white women definitely. talking to each other. But I found little ways I could not like cheat the system because there's no cheat code, but right. there, are, there are just so many ways that you can do things differently or do them in your own way. And having a podcast was one of those that I was like, well, I have questions and I would like answers, just like you said. And I am now talking to people I have no business talking to sometimes, especially for the amount of credits I have and the people who are like, oh, I've heard of your podcast. I'm like, what? How did you hear of my podcast? Like, it is not oh, that many listeners. Like, that is insane. And to me, that's like, oh, well, I kind of created my own PR machine then. Yeah. Cool. And do you know how expensive PR is? It is thousands of dollars a month. So I'm making have. money from this. Exactly, exactly. So it's like those little workarounds that I think are the gift of the creative career. It's sometimes overwhelming because you can do anything. Mm -hmm. It's magical because you can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime I'm like, oh, I, yeah, I listen to One Broke Actress and someone's like, oh my God, I love Sam. Then you're like, oh, you're good people. <gasps> oh, what? Okay. See, these are things that people don't tell me very often. So that is really great. Also, I work from home, so I barely ever see anyone. <laughs> my coworkers, there's like 30 of us that work at Yada that are directors and we're all actors. It works perfectly because if we book something, somebody covers for you. But anytime like someone's like, yeah, did anybody listen to Sam? And somebody's like, oh yeah, totally. Like everyone. Oh my God. <laughs> this brings me joy. And also I can't think about it past today or else I will like be really <laughs> weird when I sit down in front of a microphone. I know. I was like, should I tell her? Should I not? No, you should totally tell me because my ego is great. Okay, but great, also perfect. I'll compartmentalize and put it away before I record a podcast. But I'm curious, how did you get that job? Because that feels like such a good actor job. Oh, it's perfect. I, I taught at a different theater. I graduated in 2020 from college. Okay. Rough. Was hilarious. I was literally doing my like movement three class in my parents' home, like being a caterpillar. And they were like, what the fuck are we paying for? Oh yeah. No, parents don't need to see that art school shit. No, no. Mm -hmm. um, I was doing like self tapes for my Shakespeare class. Cause that was all we could do. It was no. so weird. Iamic pentameter is not good on self tape. It no. was so bad. But <laughs> then I worked at a theater in Jacksonville, where my parents live in Florida for the whole pandemic. 
And I like just did a bunch of stuff for them and was their resident choreographer and just like was doing whatever they needed. And then when I moved here, I nannied and worked at Pure Bar and did stuff. And then I just like searched up kids theaters. We had to send in like all of our talent stuff and like a musical theater reel and like a normal reel. And it was like a lengthy interview process. Wow. But yeah, it's great. It's a time and a half. And those kids will build up your ego and then humble you so quickly. Children are the best. Sometimes we ask real questions. We're like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And we always answer. And so we're like, oh, I want to be a film and TV actor. And they're like, so what are you doing here? Oh. And we're like, well, <laughs> we're trying. Okay. <laughs> Toilet paper costs money. No one told you yet, <laughs> but it does. <laughs> With like what you were saying about moving around a lot and finding new things and that sort of thing. I also moved around like six or seven times in my childhood. Mm. And for me, I think that kind of strengthened, whether for good or bad, how in tune I am with the people around me and how to make them like me or be part of this group or this or that, which is super helpful in acting and, you know, networking and all that stuff. But in real life, it can really come back at you. (laughs) Do you feel like that kind of lent itself towards your personality of collaborating with people? Do you think it influenced it for the better or the worse? Oh, I love this topic. I the, the ability to read a room and like take the temperature of where you are is like, I feel like it's my superpower. Like I can walk in a room and I'm like, those two don't like each other. That person's never been here before. She feels uncomfortable and the host is very concerned. It's like my favorite game. <laughs> it's so fun. It's so fun. And I do this with my husband. We'll go to a restaurant and we're like, okay, father, daughter, or gold digger and man. You know what I mean? like, just what like number date? Games. Yes, yes. And we're like, okay, do we think that's a first date? Or well, he 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 left really early, and I think they split the checker. You know, context clues are super fun, but it it is also really helpful when you're on set because you can get in a makeup trailer and you can tell, oh, everyone here absolutely is on like it's a fr- it's a fraterday it's a saturday they're working all day long they're exhausted and to- this is not the place to be like i was just thinking about cutting my hair too like what do you guys think do you think nobody gives a shit about you you know what i'm saying like you can tell when people care and when they have time and when they don't and that is a huge gift for actors because sometimes if you're not aware it can bite you in the ass because people yeah. will assume you're unprofessional But it can also, I know what you mean by being not necessarily always helpful because it can lead to a lot of taking care of other people. And that is something I've had, you know, we started talking about being people pleasers and I'm the same way. And maybe it's the Midwesterner in us, but I tend to like really take care of the people around me. I'm also an Enneagram three. Do you know your Enneagram? Not specifically. I've heard of Okay, them. you should take the test. You okay. should take the test. I have a feeling you're in like a three or two category. Three is the achiever. And then you have, sometimes you have a wing, which is like the next closest thing to you, basically. Some Enneagram expert's going to be like- On the moons, like the cusps or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is like, so my, my wing is a two, which is a helper. So in a, a three- can roughly, this is all like here nor here nor there, right. but you can get into a room and you can basically read everything that people need. And then you can decide whether you like want to participate. Whereas mm-hmm. a two has trouble delineating what is needed versus what they yeah. need. I am in between that. I, I tend to go into a space and see what people need. It makes me a great presence on the internet, I think, because mm-hmm. I'm, you know, people always tell me, oh, your content is so great. Like I, I, I was just thinking about this last week. Yeah. I was just having that concern. I'm like, no, I know. <laughs> I know you were <laughs> probably because most of the time I have it too. And if I have a feeling most, uh, everyone has that feeling. Like if I'm scared of X, Y, and Z outcome of a situation, other people are too. So, you know, I utilize it in different ways, but it can be, it, it can energy suck you if you're not really careful and you have to decide who's worth giving your energy to, which is a whole nother battle in and of itself, especially as you get older, like giving up uh, certain people from your life as you get busier and things like that is a whole, it's a whole ball game, but the ability to understand yourself in a space, I think it's worth its weight in gold. Yeah. I've been doing the thing of, I guess it's a reframe of when you find qualities in yourself that you're like, who that hasn't helped me always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is helpful to them be like, but when did it? And how can I do that more often instead of just trying to get rid of this quality that I've had for 
as long as I can remember. Faith, you are very wise. <laughs> I know you're younger than me, but I'm like, you got it. You, you've learned a lot of lessons before I did. <laughs> From other people. Not if I was yeah. left to my own devices, I probably would have imploded by now. Oh, I tell everyone this. I was like, I, it's a good thing I got to LA and I was into CrossFit because if I would have gotten to LA and done something else, I probably, it probably would have been drugs. <laughs> like, it would have been very messy. So they're like, how'd you God. get here? You're like, I just needed friends. I don't, I don't know. I know. I know. And the, the ability, I mean, I talk a lot about like my body image and stuff, but like certain drugs make you real happy, real energetic and skinny. And I was like, that yeah. sounds awesome. And the repercussions are not worth it. But yeah, I thank God I never got into that world because it's a slippery slope, you know? Yeah. About all of that stuff yeah. and just like your honesty, I think on a lot of things, I know you said like you think you just kind of did it because you didn't quote unquote know any better. You were just saying things and seeing what stuck. <laughs> <laughs> but especially now, I think you're a very conscious person of like Gabrielle was saying on your episode I just listened to that you're just very conscious of how words affect other people and just what your purpose and your influence is. How do you stay so honest without it just taking up all of your brain space of what should I say? What shouldn't I say? What's appropriate? What's not? What's going to actually be taken the way that I mean for it? How do you not slide mm. down that big slope? Of yeah, everything? totally. One of my biggest fears is that I've said something really stupid in the past, like 10 years ago, and it's going to get me canceled. Like something right. I said when I was uneducated or uh, who knows. And in 2021, I think one broke actor started to get a little bit more momentum and you know, in the delusional state we live in, I was like, oh no, what if people like really come for me? And like, no one's really come for me. Like no one cares that much. It's not, it not, like, not that important, <laughs> but like, it's cute that I pretended I was, but I got really scared. And so I started to talk to a lot of people who were putting themselves out there too. And I would message people that I had met online and I would ask for advice. And one of the pieces of advice I got a lot was you have to do your best mm -hmm. and take care of other people in the process. And I grew up because of the life I've lived. I'm a pretty empathetic person. I also don't have a lot of trauma, so I haven't had to work through a lot of really negative stuff yet. So I come from a place of positivity and of empathy. Mm -hmm. So when things come up that I'm like, oh, is this too much honesty. I've yet to go to a place where it's too much honesty. Like I have talked about pooping on set on my podcast. Like <laughs> yeah. I, the, the, the line, but that has also been, it's been really freeing because mm -hmm. once you start to say that stuff out loud, and once you start to talk about, like, I literally just said out loud on your podcast, thank God I did CrossFit. Cause I would have done drugs. The more I say that stuff out loud, the less power it has over me. And the less it is like some like weird secret of some, yeah. some weird thing. And listen, I am, I'm a, I'm a, I am a micro micro spec in the cosm of Hollywood. So TBD on what this looks like. If I blow up one day, people are going to be like, it's going to be a gold mine of shit for people <laughs> to pull up on me, but it's all true. And that's the thing is like, if I just speak the truth of it, then the worst that can happen is I have to cop to it, you know? Right. And I'm also very, very big about driving home the fact that I change, people change. I'm not always having my best day. I'm not always giving 110%. And so if that's the truth, then I can always go back on something I said and correct it because yeah. I didn't know. And I think it would do a disservice to people everywhere if we just assumed no one changes and no one's minds change and no one's opinions change. And, and that to me is very freeing. The idea of being on the internet and putting myself out as like a version of myself scares the shit out of me because right. I run into people at the grocery store and <laughs> at the coffee shop and, it, you know, and, and all over the place. Like I, at the gym, when I'm gross, people are like, oh, oh my gosh. And we introduce ourselves and okay. thank God. Yeah, I, I love it. And I'm like, oh my God, hi, because I've never hidden who I am. And this has also been a gift of not being successful yet is that I've gotten to be myself this whole time and I've gotten to grow into myself mm -hmm. and not have been put under a microscope yet and not have been punished for it. 
So it, in my mid thirties, I now feel like a much more complete whole human and I haven't been scrutinized too much yet. So giving the gift of not succeeding right away in this business gave me a lot of space to grow up and figure my own stuff out. And, you know, of course there's, there is, everyone has stuff. They don't air dirty laundry, (laughs) but there's so much about a creative career and the weird stuff we're asked to do. And like, why are we always on set in white pants when we're on our period? And why (laughs) always, always. Yes. Everything. There's so many weird situations we're put in that when I say the quiet part out loud, it has in the past always made other people more comfortable. When I say like, you know, I, we're going to be doing a ridiculous scene today. And I'm like, well, we get paid for this. Like, let's talk about how weird this is. I'm an over communicator and I just, I feel safety in being super honest. I feel like I'm not hiding anything, but I will say, like I said, I haven't had famous across the world success. So let's see. And my gift is that I get to share that when it happens. So let's see what that feels like when it does happen. I think one of the main qualities that people in general really like about you is how honest you are about the small things and the big things and like the weird things that we have to do and just about you existing in LA, especially saying the things that, like you said, that other people are thinking. And then when I hear you say them, I'm like, oh my God, it's not just me. I'm not having a breakdown. <laughs> Sam yes. thinks so too. And Sam's life <laughs> is pretty together. So I think I'm okay. <laughs> oh my God. TBD. I could have showed you yesterday. It was a mess <laughs> around here. But I think that's so helpful, especially because to me, I'm like, oh, Sam's so successful. She has all these credits. She's doing everything right. She has these friends. She has this life. And then you say something that I'm like, oh my God, I feel like that too. Then I don't feel like on that weird spiral of I'm not doing anything right. And I should just give up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that is, that's the thing, right? Is that I felt that so many times that I was like, oh, every other actor is on set, but me, I'm the only one who seems to be missing some chip that equals booking. I, everyone has it, but me, there is, oh, there, like everyone has a great morning routine. Everyone has a great X, Y, and Z. I was like, what is wrong with me? And then when I said like, I don't know, sometimes I wake up and I play on my phone and sometimes I wake up and I chug coffee and like sit on the floor and cry. And like, you know, those, (laughs) when you say that out loud, other people are like, oh, thank God, me too. And then it just makes the world so much easier to live in because you're not propping yourself up on a bunch of nonsense. And it, it is so, God, I find so much community in saying things like, well, filmed another self-tape into the ether. And while I was filming it, my dog threw up on the floor and, (laughs) you know, the Amazon guy dropped our stuff in the construction hallway and everything's messy because I grew up into the world of like in college, Instagram got really popular and it was very put together, but it just feels so much more. I, I, a lot of this career is so lonely. Mm-hmm. And I caught myself feeling like I'm the only one who deals with this, or I've struggled with anxiety and depression. And I think a lot of it comes from, you know, that like solo YOLO of it all. Like I am going to get through this so alone. Cool. And I, you know, it just feels like yeah. so lonely and sad. And like, it doesn't feel collaborative, which is the best part of this job. And I realized when I said stuff, like I feel really lonely today and I am crying about not having a good enough reel and not having enough credits. And I, it it feels stupid because it was brought on by something I saw on social media. When I say that, and somebody says, thank you so much for saying that me too. I'm instantly lifted out of that mood, not to a 10th degree, but it just feels so much better to say that stuff. And it, it holds less value to me now, other than the fact that it makes for really good content because (laughs) I decided I no longer make mistakes. I just make better content. (laughs) Like everything's, if I mess up something in an audition, if I hurt a relationship with an agent or manager, if I learn something from them, it's not a mistake. It's just other lessons I can share with people. And then if that's my through line in my life, then that means I'm already 
making it. I'm already winning. You know, like you think I have a lot of credits. I feel like I have four. I feel like (laughs) I have nothing. So that's so cool because you get lost in your own shit all the time. So I love how community building it is to just be honest and say stuff out loud. One of my favorite episodes that you just did was just, you. I think it was like five minutes long. And you were like, I can't do this today because I have other things that I'm supposed to do. And I don't have enough time to actually make this good. So I'm not going to. I was like, oh my God, you can do that? (laughs) By the way, people were like, why did you need to release an episode? And I was like, that's exactly why. What you said is because I feel like I need to do, and you like saying you have all your your stuff together. I am a mess, Faith. I am, depending on the day, my husband laughed at me because this morning I was like, I want to have a chill morning before I go to the gym. And within 10 minutes, I was sitting at my kitchen table with my chill morning breakfast, with my iPad open, my computer open in front of me and my phone open in front of me. And he took a picture and texted it to me and goes, chill morning. And I was like, you're across the room, bro. I see you. Fine. I get it. So, you know, I think that it's just nobody really has it together. And if if none of us have it together, then what the fuck is together even mean? Yeah, exactly. That's what I kind of try to remind myself of because I came out to LA in 2021. So I've never been here when self-tapes weren't the main thing. So I'm really not used to being in the room except for like in college and, you know, like random auditions in Florida. But last week I had an in-person callback for General Hospital and yes, Mark Teschner. Yes. (laughs) But I hadn't been in a room in years. Mm -hmm. I love self-tapes. I have like three friends that are my go-to readers that I trust with acting stuff. And like, I let them give me notes and it's great and it's fun. And I like it a lot. (laughs) And then I was like, okay, I'm going to be fine. I'm, I like grew up in theater. I know how to do things live. I've done things for a room. I'll be fine. And then I walked in and I forgot how horrible it is to walk into a room of people that look exactly like you, but are all a better version of you. Oh, only in your head, by the way, right? because they're all thinking the same thing. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Because it goes back to the thing of like, I'm like, oh, Sam's got it all perfectly together from my view. And then when I walk into a room of all of them, I'm like, wow, you're prettier than me. You're taller than me. You have better hair than me. You probably have more credits. And then you're just like sitting there waiting to go do this scene. Which is such a bummer, right? Because you were called in for the exact same qualifications they were. Right. So how do you do it? Well, first of all, that is a very intimidating office because one, they've been doing it for 10,000 years. And I don't know when you read with Mark, was he off book? Oh my God. Yes. That threw me off too. He was like, oh, I know the scene. I I thought, oh, I've read the scene before. I won't mess you up because he's off book with you. I was like, oh, oh, we're doing this. Okay. Yes. Yes, that's so okay. So you you went in for like trial by fire because that's an it's an interesting office already because the outside of the office looks like a hospital and then you go in and so it's a whole weird. I've been in there so many times and I've never booked it by the way. I've been in there 10,000 times. Just filmed for it last week. Still never booked it. But and then Mark is always off books, so but he'll continue to call you back in because he likes your work. And so eventually something will line up and you'll we'll both be on that show. But catch us as siblings. Someone Yeah, for sure. Hello, excuse me. I'm totally dying my roots soon. Don't you worry. (laughs) But it's an intimidating office and him being off book really throws you off because it's different from like someone staring at the page because then it's like, oh, I have to be really 100% with you right now. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. He's been in this game for a long time. So he's very good at what he does. And that's a lot. That's a lot of a room, right? The room is like 12 people in five feet. Yes. So then I was like, am I back at College Unified? It's like my brain was like, what is happening? I'm just trying to show you this scene. Yeah. And see, okay, so this is the gift once again of like what you can build with this podcast. And once, what if one broke actress? Now when I'm in that waiting room, people talk to me and they're like, mm-hmm. are you Sam? And then we end up talking or I say, I'll ask them things. Like, hey, did you did you park in that lot out there? Even sometimes, even if I know it's right, like, did you right. just want to confirm? Like, is that that's and they're like, yeah, yeah. It's like break the ice a little bit. Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't the hardest scene you've ever auditioned for in your entire life. You can tell when people. Once again, you're a room reader, so you can tell when people are. I don't want to be talked to in a waiting room. And then there's some people who I'm like, we could be friends by the end of this. Like I made lovely friends with a girl named Amanda when I was outside of uh, a commercial callback recently. She was great. And by the end, I was like, we had each other's phone numbers. I texted her the next day. I was like, hey, did you book it? I hope you booked it. She was like, no, Uh I didn't. I hope you booked it. And that is like the gift of starting to see this world as less of them against me and more of us. It's hard to do. But 
it gets easier when you start to realize that that job, even if you booked it, would not change your whole career. Right. It would be a great credit. You could get some good footage. Nice little paycheck. Yeah, a nice paycheck. And then we move on. It's not like you are the head of a new Marvel movie and people are going to start throwing scripts at you, you know? So when we get those opportunities, I think if we look at it more in like a holistic sense of like, oh, this is a great, this is a great opportunity. This means your agents are working for you. This means your materials are working for you and you got a call back. So that means your acting is working for you. So Faith, you have everything. <laughs> like those are the things. Yeah, it all worked out. And then you get to go into the room and like do your thing because the rest of it isn't up to you. The rest of it is like, they're going to book someone because the per- other person in the scene is also blonde and they don't right. want to confuse the audience <laughs> because they just turned it on to fold laundry with. You know, so it is so not up to you. So it's not you versus everyone else in that room. You're all there for the exact same reason. And in that job is not going to change your whole life. You doing something next weekend that makes you really happy. That's going to be so much more memorable than a really fast, crazy, because they move so quickly day on a soap opera set. There's just so much more to it than that. And I know, trust me, the the role I just auditioned for, I was like, I would really like to do this. (laughs) I would be really good at this. Would be be really good verbiage for me. But nothing is an end-all be-all, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that that helps the in-room competition, just like it helps the self-tape competition. I am very curious how, are you SAG? I'm SAG E. So I'm like weird in between this whole time. (laughs) Totally. It's been a weird, it's been a weird year. And to be fair, all of your years have been weird because you started here in 2020. Yeah. It's been a really good time. (laughs) It's been, I'm sure it's been a blast. I want to send you so much like patience. It's going to get better. (laughs) (laughs) My friend was like, buddy, you haven't even been here when we've been open. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You really got like a crack of the door and then we shut it on you. So don't go anywhere, please (laughs) stay here. But it's going to be, it's going to get so much better. But also when I moved here, they said it was a weird year. They're like pilot season starting to change. And then streaming really got like Netflix was doing, was still really popular for DVDs when I moved here. So they were like, well, streaming's starting to take over and it's changing everything. It's going to be a weird year. So like if every year is weird, weird. then fuck it. (laughs) It's so everything's weird. But I think that you're, it sounds like you're on a really great trajectory. Not that you are, not that you asked that or needed that validation from me, but. (laughs) No, I did. I needed it. It sounds like things are (laughs) great. Great. We can replay it whenever you want. (laughs) Great. Perfect. When you do have a tape that you're like, this is me. This is why I decided to be an actor is for roles like this, for projects like this. I would be really, really good at this. Mm-hmm. And then you don't get that one. Yeah. Do you have a specific way that you handle that? Does it depend on the scenario? Because for me, it's very easy. If I don't book, I don't know, a rando like co-star. If I don't book that, I'm like, meh, okay, whatever. Like, it's fine. That would have been nice, but I can move on and forget about it. Mm-hmm. But if it's a very specific thing that I'm like, I know I would not have let you guys down. That's very hard for me to be like, well, oh, well. Yeah. Oh, it's so hard. Sometimes my routine is I cry. Okay, uh, great. Sometimes <laughs> it's I feel sad for 48 hours. <laughs> it depends on the thing. <laughs> when I get further on something, it always makes it a little bit harder when I, because then I really picture it, you know, mm-hmm. like I really yeah. picture it. Like it's you They're- and one other person. Yes. I hate, oh God, I almost hate knowing that. Same. I would rather just don't tell me. <laughs> They're like, you're on hold or you're pinned. And I'm like, oh, I will show up regardless. Maybe just don't tell me. And I get you legally have to, but God damn it. Now I know. Like I said, the more you're in this business, the more you're like, okay, great. That's awesome. That office is absolutely going to call me in again. It might be a year, mm-hmm. but they're going to call me in again. So that's a fan I made. There is a role that is the second you started to say that there's a role that comes to mind that I was like, oh my God, I coached that role and Mm -hmm. I filmed it. And I was like, that's the best tape I've ever done. I stand by that. It's one of the best tapes I've ever done. It's a role for it's out now, which is good, but uh, actually that's a funny story. So it's, it was for the boys Gen V that uh, spinoff they did on Amazon. I auditioned for one of the students. I am way too old compared to the kids that are in that show. I look like their older sister. So it cannot, like, it makes zero sense, but I got to audition for it. And 
I lived in her. Like I love, I was like, this role is so fun. It's like, she's, it's a big world. So I got to be big. I got to like do dark things and it was so fun. And I have, I have watched that tape probably once every six months since then. Like this was two years ago and I love that tape. I sent it to my manager when I, when I auditioned for them, they asked me to send some tapes for them. And I was like, this is one of my best tapes. And they were like, yeah, this is really good. I sent my agent when I sent in said, I've never seen this. I've seen a lot of this role so far and I've never seen it done this way. I can't wait to get this in their hands. And I was like, oh, we got to pack our bags. We're going to be moving to wherever this is filming, probably (laughs) Canada. And I was like, this is, I was like, we are, I'm so booking this. I have now watched the show and that role is not in it. I don't know if if they were dummy sides and they wrote them just to see the character or if it was in an original draft of the script, because this was years before it came out. Uh, I have no idea, but I was sad that I didn't get that role and there is no that role. It didn't even exist. (laughs) So, or they completely changed the character and it's someone in the show that I don't recognize. There's just so much I had no control over, but I still go back to that tape and I'm still proud of that work. And I'm also proud of not getting too much in my head because sometimes when a role I think is perfect for me, I tend to be like, oh my God, how am I going to show them that I'm perfect for this? They have to know. Yeah. I'm like, they really need to see that I'm perfect for this. And it's like, Sam, if they think you're perfect, then they'll think you're perfect. There's nothing else you can do. And there's nothing I could do to make myself look like 10 years younger. Botox only goes so far, but it goes pretty far. But it's just, you know, there's so many things outside wheelhouse that you only have control over. And that has been such an interesting thing to witness and like I said, I got to use that tape to help me get my current manager. So it still became useful. It's still useful. I still think it's one of the best tapes I've done, but you had to let it go because now I know like, I don't know if that role's even real. Like, yeah. I don't even know if anything happened to it. There's been shows that I cried because I was put on hold for something and I was like, this is going to be the big, oh my God, like this one's going to be, this is the biggest thing I've ever been on hold for. This is huge. Yeah. And I don't get it. And then the show never airs. And it's like, well, my, how, how am I supposed to know what's going to be big? I just have to do my job and enjoy my life in the process. And it's easier said than done, but it it gets easier as you start to get more auditions. And also as you start to have a bigger life outside of this, like I was so worried about getting married and having a big life and all of these things. I was like, but, but my acting career, and it's like, (laughs) Sam, (laughs) no, no one cares. That is not how this works. No one's like, she's only going to be successful if she's single and only cares about acting. And no, absolutely not. Everyone you meet on set has 10,000 things going on. And the last thing they want to talk about is their acting career. They want to tell you about their kids or their dog or their weekend hobby or what they're doing next Tuesday. You know, it's very, very rarely about the credits. Along the same lines of kind of letting go, I, this is something I'm actively working on because I got a BFA. So all of my college career was in the performing arts center. Like that's it. That's all I did every day. And I did it in three years instead of four, which was stupid, insane. Wow. It ended up working out because of 2020, but in hindsight, was that the smartest plan for myself? No, Mm. but (laughs) coming out of that, like you said, it's very hard to then be like, oh, but I also have to have friends. I have to go do other things and have hobbies and go outside. And it's very difficult because I feel like there's always something I could be doing to be a better actor or to be better at this or have another special skill or something random. What would you have told like young Sam about how to create a community of people that aren't just actors or just how to expand your life, kind of like what you were saying and have other interests and other people that are close to you when this is a very lonely career. Oh, that feeling of feeling like there's always more you could be doing is something you have to start practicing your way out of because it doesn't go away. (laughs) I 
feel it all the time. It's when the strike, I was like, should I be doing more acting? Do I need to go back to class? Am I the bad actor who's not in class? Do I need to coach? What, how do I stay relevant? Whatever the fuck that yeah. means. Like what, how do I stay on top of everything? Do I need to read every single deadline variety, whatever article that comes out? What if I don't know all the casting directors? It just so happened. I knew the casting director you were talking about today. I don't know every single <laughs> casting director because <laughs> I used what? to be so intimidated. I was like, how does everyone know all these casting directors? And when you're here year after year after year, you just names start to be repeated to you. Yeah. yeah I, I, at one point I made flashcards and I was like, I have to stay study the casting directors. That was I mm -hmm, super cute. Very useless time. (laughs) Very useless. I probably would have done that a year ago. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And because there was no social media. So I was like, how do I find these people? If I run them to Starbucks, I need them to know if I run them to that Starbucks, they don't want to talk to me. They want to get their coffee. Relax. Here's my headshot. (laughs) Yeah. Hi, here's my headshot. No, Sam, nobody cares. Once again, no one cares. I wish I could tell you there was a great way to stop feeling like there's more for you to do mm-hmm. and to reflect on your larger life. It is easier as you get older, which if I was still in my 20s, I would be like, that's a bullshit answer, Sam, because <laughs> what am I supposed to do until then? Because your life, ex- it expands and then it contracts to the things that are important. And mm-hmm. I'm still in a, a, a contraction phase where the things that are important, there's less things that take up space in my brain every single year. There's still so many things I want. And there's still so many examples in the world of hustle culture that are pushed on us of, you know, so-and-so was just such a hard worker. She did every single class. Cool. I don't know if I want to hang out with that person on the weekends. I am all about being a real person. And it took me a long time to get to this point. And it took a lot. I mean, if you go back and listen to early podcast episodes, I am asking a lot of guests, like, what's the thing? What's the secret? How do you know when it's the right thing? How do you know when you're doing enough? How do you know when you found the right acting coach? How do you know when to like stop and take a breath? But you have to kind of start to build in that Buddhist thing of like the, the the world will provide. You have to trust your gut that, okay, if I'm in an acting class and I'm paying my bills and I'm putting myself into places where I meet people and am continuing to put one foot in front of the other, then that has to be enough. It has to be enough. And when you get excited about something, I think that's when that's the ticket. Like I got so excited recently. I took a stunts class and I have a podcast coming out about it. And Mm -hmm. I was so pumped about it. I was like, this makes perfect sense for me to do right now. This is the, this I can feel it in my gut. I'm like, oh yeah, I want to do this and not, I want to do this because I can't wait to write it on my resume. I want to do this because I really want to spend an hour and a half every single morning at six or 7 AM doing stunt training for a full week. Cause that sounds awesome. That's been kind of a guiding light for me, especially as I realize there's no right way. And most people aren't meeting their agents because they took a casting director workshop every single weekend. I met my agent because of the work I did completely outside of acting. I met my agent because I did a, I created one broke actress and she knew of me because this is other shit I can't think about on the day-to-day basis, but (laughs) somebody mentioned a podcast I did in a Facebook group that she's in of agents. And I was like, oh, so they were probably <laughs> talking shit or something. And I can't think too hard about it because I just can't just keep me from getting up in the morning. But I'm like, oh, this, this rep group was talking about me and she looked into me and she was like, oh, what's up with this girl? And so we ended up having a meeting and she's been my agent since then, since 2021. Yeah, this acting stuff I did to get ready to be good at acting at that point right. was important. But it was because of a whole different thing I created in like a desperate time that I just continue to do. You have to start practicing. Okay, great. For right now, this is enough. And to know that there's not, you're not missing out on something if you're fully present where you are. So if you're present, like right now I am talking to you. I am not looking at my phone. I am not like, yeah, there's a dog in my lap and that's cool. And like (laughs) life is going on, but I'm with you. I'm not missing out on some acting class I could be in right now. And this is connection, which is what this whole shit is built on. So I think if you're present in a moment, you're not missing out as well. And FYI, this sounds really great, but like every two months I panic that I'm not doing enough. So keep in mind that we are all doing this all the time. And I think just like, like turning the volume down a little bit on it in your brain is the ticket. There's no off switch. Yeah. 
Totally. I think that's also what this has helped me do. Like, just like what you said, I can't be on my phone right now. Can't be thinking about all the other things that I should be doing or could be doing. And I have to be giving all my attention to you because first off, it'll be rude. But second off, like, this is what I want to be doing right now. And I can't Mm -hmm. have anything else going on, which usually I can be doing, like, even watching TV now. I'm like, yeah, I'm watching it, but I'm doing something else. Yeah. I'm going to push you to stop that. Not gonna, you got to watch TV. You got to watch performances. Faith, put your phone down. <laughs> I'll be checking on you. I'll be like, are you watching TV with your phone in your hand? What are you doing right now? <laughs> are you actually watching or are you pretending to watch? Now, listen, reality TV is my background noise. I can do 10,000 things while the Kardashians are on. Same. Housewives, whatever. But if I'm watching the fall of the House of Usher, I want to see those moments, you know? Or like succession, if you walk away for one second, you're like, wait, who are you? What's yep. The whole world fell apart if you walk away, <laughs> which my friends said it really well. They were like, you can't get up and go to the bathroom. A million people agreed that this was an important moment. The writers and then the producers and then the director and then the actors and the editor, they all really worked on this moment. I'm like, such a good point. <laughs> They don't waste time. (laughs) So true. Well, I could talk to you for forever, but I want you to get off so that you can go do your other things. So do you have anything that you want to promote? I know you have the membership and all that fun stuff. Do you want to drop your things? Yeah. So everything is one broke actress on Instagram on, I repurpose things to TikTok. If you prefer TikTok over Instagram, you can listen to whole podcasts anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also watch the podcasts on YouTube. If you like podcast world and you want to start your own, I run a company called Fast Forward Productions. It's the women are speaking on Instagram and we help people create and manage their podcasts. And for your listeners, Faith, can I give you a discount code to one of my classes? Yeah, of course. Would Would that be great? Okay, so have an, an online class called What to Do When You're Not Working. Perfect. And I think we could all benefit because using our time wisely, like you said, it feels like you're constantly not doing the right things. And this class is, I think, $200. So let's give your people $100 off and we'll wow, do- what a steal. Yeah, dude. Faith 100. So we'll do F-A-I-T-H. Let me write that down and I'll make it a coupon and I'll give you yeah, a link yeah. for that too. I'll put it in the um, show note. Yeah, dude. You you guys can have $100 off because it's a great, it's like all about how I spend my time and the things I've learned about utilizing your time wisely. So you feel like you're not wasting it. And so you're supposed to be working on your package or your reps or whatever, and yeah. it's all in there. So I'll give you guys a code and a, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Also fast forward productions and like all of you talking about like, yeah, people should just make their podcasts. I had been thinking about doing this for forever. And then you said that like a couple of times. And then I was like, maybe I should just do it. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you. Cause I also was like, well, Sam's already doing it so well. I don't need to make anything. And then no. literally on one of your things, you were like, I want people to do this. Everyone. <laughs> yes. Yes. Doesn't it feel so, so good? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh my God. That makes me so happy. Congratulations. You're doing the hardest part. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your day and I hope maybe we'll be done with the strike if we all vote. I don't, I don't know. Who knows? I know. I'm going to go talk to the negotiating committee right now on the podcast. So well, have fun. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You bet. You bet. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye, babe.